Good morning. You're listening to My Rapids Real Estate Show on AM 1320 WFHR, your weekly radio show focusing on real estate, the market, and everything related to housing in central Wisconsin. Welcome back. I'm Ben. And I'm Carrie Nikolai. And we are with Coldwell Banker Seward Realtors here in Wisconsin Rapids. You're an agent and I'm your licensed assistant. And my husband as well. I happen to be, yes. Yeah. And that makes it convenient because we can do a lot together and not have to coordinate a ton of different schedules. No, but enough scheduling that it gets a little hairy at some points when I totally forget that I'm supposed to tell you I'm going somewhere. It happens. Every once in a while. More often than what we'd like, but we're getting better at it. And it's really a good thing for our sellers when they want to have a listing come on the market here in this fast-paced sort of environment. Right. And it's really good because we can tag team a lot of things. So there's a lot of behind the scenes that needs to get done. We play to your strengths where you're great with the technology of some things. You you get all the paperwork together. I write down all my notes I need to, and you're able to get that into the computer and get that all going while I'm working on more more of the family of, okay, this is where we're, you know, you're you're here, you're at point A, let's get you to B and C so that way we can do the next steps. It's really worked that you're the forward facing portion of the duo and I'm just in the background making the magic happen. Mm-hmm. It has worked out really well. And then even running through um, different parts of the listing and parts of the offer when offers start coming in, we just had a listing come on um, in Plainfield, and that was on five acres with a 2,000 square foot pole shed and a beautiful full log, log full cabin. Lab. Yep. It's gorgeous. It was. And we had how many showings? I want to say officially like 15. Yeah, and we had like 23 scheduled in the first 48 hours. Right, and some of them canceled as soon as they found out offers were coming in. So it's kind of typical of this market to get a lot of showings early on. And as soon as that first offer hits the table, we'll start to see the cancellations happen, which is which is fine. Right, because only one family can live in the house at a time we've we keep saying, right. We can't have two purchase offers running at the same time and have two people buying the house. Right. So, you know, we just, we, we play it by ear and we keep the family informed of when the showings are happening, because that's where it gets a little bit hairy. When you get a lot of those showings, it's like, okay, who's coming in when and where? So that way we can coordinate with the family. So that way they know, okay, at one o'clock I'm having a showing at two 30, we're having a showing. Where are those showings actually happening? And when can I get in, in the house to grab something that I need? So that way I'm not there during a showing. And we're here to help coordinate that as well. If, if you know, one of our clients is ever confused and part of the process, just giving us a, a text or a quick call and we'll fill them in and keep them on, on path, on track to uh, get all those showings in. Or um, if, if there's an offer that's on the table or has been accepted about what's next with the offer. So it, and that's great that we have the communication between you and I that we can facilitate that too. If I'm off doing something else, we know each other well enough to, okay, I'll just throw a quick question and you had more information on this part of the topic, but now I can relay it easily to the client as well. Right. So it's great. That is great that we can, we can take team like that and make sure that our, our clients are, are getting the, the full experience of selling their home. So, fast-paced market. Mm -hmm. Let's get into some national news, shall we? Oh, we shall. Okay, news from the National Association of Realtors. The uh, interest rates, we've been talking about this, and we've been elaborating that it's going to stay still good for the interest rates, but they're going to start creeping up a little bit. Right. So, as a national trend, NAR is saying that uh, refinancing is still strong and healthy, but it will probably start to fizzle through the remainder of 2021. So as we get further into the year and the rates go up a little bit, that'll slow down the refinancing portion because it's not quite as appealing. But Very true. Yeah. But, I mean, but, but still to refinance at, at three and a half percent versus whatever you might have on your current mortgage is six or so that's cut in half. 
Right. So that's a trend. Uh, Yahoo Finance also agrees. I read a different article from Yahoo about that. Okay. The um, We're definitely projected to see more homes coming onto the market this spring across the country. And we're starting to see that as well here in our local market. We're seeing probably about maybe one or two per day. We're seeing more vacant land coming up. I think vacant land, we're getting about five or six per day. So when we kind of look at how the market is performing and we log in and we we see what's, what's going on, it'll tell us, you know, how many new listings are out there. Now, it's listings. It, that doesn't mean homes. So that does include the commercial. It does also involve the vacant land. Mm-hmm. So when we look at that number, we're like, okay, there was four, come back two hours later. Hey, there's six. Wonder what came on. So, you know, kind of taking a look at that and going, okay, well, some of that was vacant land. Awesome. Great. And then looking at the homes that, that do come in. And usually you're checking, what, what are you saying? Every about two hours or so to see about what's every two down? hours. Now, as, as long as we're in front of our computer to do so, then mm-hmm. a lot of our customers we've got set up on automatic notifications as well. Yes. So Danielle, an economist from Realtor.com, really is, is kind of bringing light to the, uh, the interest rates. Now, 2020 was a huge fluke. We never anticipated rates dropping that low. And she's thinking out into 2022, now uh, a year and a half from now, we okay. might be able to, we might be seeing about 4%. Okay. So kind of going back to what we consider to be the normal interest rates. Right. And and we had been staying right about that 5-4% uh, dipping into the threes a little bit for most of the last three or four years, except for last year. Right. So back to normal is coming on everybody's tongue All now. All fronts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, multiple bids are also a continuing trend. And we saw that with our, our last listing. And it's somewhat difficult for a new person who's selling their first home to navigate some of these multiple bid situations. You know, now, we kind of, we try to make it as easy as possible for our, our sellers. So when we do have those multiple bids, we've put together a really great spreadsheet of this is what offer one looks like this is what offer two looks like so that way when we're sitting down at the kitchen table yes we have all these offers but we don't have to page through every single one we kind of make what i like to call the little bit of of a cheat sheet of this is what offer one looks like here's two here's three and present them that way so that way yes we have the physical one we'll start with the physical one and go okay well this is what's in this offer and we can read through that sheet and then by the time we get done with all of them, we can go back and we have a great snapshot, a quick look at, okay, let's talk about offers one and five. How do they compare to each other? But let's not forget about offer three, because that may be a little bit of a different, unique situation. Right. And each of the offers are offers have something different usually in them. We we rarely get two offers that are identical from price all the way through contingencies. Right. So having that broken out in just an, an easy, quick view, I think really helps for our clients to um, decide what they want to go after, what's important to them. Um, we always tell our clients, you've got a couple options. You can either accept one and reject the others, or you can counter with a multiple counter proposal for everyone. So they do have options. Right. And a lot of times we do find that they don't want to negotiate. They, they just want to pick the best one that's going to suit their needs to get to a closing. So another national trend that we're finding is that the rental market is actually just as hot. Mostly it's to support the displaced buyers. So the, or the displaced sellers too. But they're not a seller anymore once they sell their house. Where that's they, true. Where are they going to have to live? Yeah. And, and we had that conversation with our, you know, with a family just last night of, well, what happens, you know, if we sell the house, where are you guys going to go? And they're like, we're going to go rent. And that way we can start our second step and we don't have to worry about, can we sell our home? Because it'll be sold. And if you're the seller, I mean, 
think about it from the, the seller's side. If they're looking at these multiple offers and they're dealing with a couple that have things to sell, even though we know they're probably going to sell pretty fast, that's just one more thing that is going to weigh on their mind and you know make it a less appealing offer in the first place. Correct. Okay, now it's the time of the month we did get the home sales reports in for the state of Wisconsin. Did we now? How do you think we did this 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 month? I think we're, we're going to be increasing. We're going to be increasing it in our sales. Interesting. So remember, this is for February. Okay. And Oh, it was cold in February. Right. But those contracts that closed in February, when did they start? A month beforehand. Back in January. Back in January. Maybe some in December. Right? Because it takes, you know, like we've seen 30 to 45 days usually for normal transactions to close. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in February, the state of Wisconsin had its highest on record number of properties sold. All right. Now we're going back to 2007 is the end of our, our record that I can easily see. Okay. 4,415 homes sold in February in Wisconsin. Wow. Yeah. Um, we we're uh, moving. Compared to last year which is still right at the start of this pandemic debacle. Right. So we're up 251 homes year over year. Wow. Yeah. Now, the big news is the median price. So not the average price, remember, but the median price in the middle. $215,000 was the median price in the state of Wisconsin for February sales. Not too bad then. That's up year over year, $25,000. Nice. That is the sixth highest overall month in the history from 2007 forward. All right. So even compared to the really high summertime that we had last year and the year before as well, this is the sixth highest month ever. Wow. In median price. Yeah. So now if we look for Wood County, okay, down to the county level, which is as close as the state statistics can get. Mm-hmm. So Wood County, 50 homes sold in February, which is also the highest February on record since 2007. Wow. Okay. Median price, Wood County sales was 135500 Okay. Which is also the highest February sales record as far as median price and the seventh highest median price month Overall. So again, you even looking at those really high priced months where we were just racking out a lot of sales during the summertime, mm-hmm. this still competes with at the seventh highest compared to all those months. All right. So the market is very, very strong. It is. You know, and for all the, the buyers that are, you know, they're thinking all we're doing is talking about sellers and listings. Well, there are still people buying houses. There are still closings that happened. So in February in Wood County, 50 people got a house. Normally in February, we see that it's, it's about 20, 30. Okay, we'll see a lot of 35 homes sold for well, months. Well, it's the, the snow on the ground. Most people don't want to move when there's a lot of snow on the ground. And usually we get that, that Alberta clipper that comes through and kind of freezes everybody into their homes and just... I don't want to go outside theory. So it's still good to see. We still did have that mild February. We did, though, get the, those two weeks where it was a little cold. Oh, it was bitter. It was nasty. Yeah. But even through all that, people are still buying houses. Mm-hmm. So offers are still being accepted. You know, they're still moving forward at record paces. Yes. So if we look February versus January, so just the last two months, January Wood County had 67 homes sold. Mm -hmm. February was 50. The median price in January, 134,000. Median price in February, 135,500. So it's it's still steadily increasing. My instinct is that it's going to continue this uh, slight upward trend as we get into the summertime. 
because I, I'm I'm seeing now, like like you said, the houses are coming on the market. They're going off fast, but we're still having houses being brought into the market too. Yes. So now we can look in our, our MLS and get sold data for Wisconsin Rapids area. So we can narrow it down to essentially Southern Wood County. How many homes, homes do you think sold in February in Wisconsin Rapids area? I'm going to go with 18. 29. Ooh. Now we can also look at days on market here in our area. So 29 sales. Okay. 68 days on market. That's actually not too bad. Right. And that, that's an average days on market. So that'll take into account. Some of those, those homes that lingered on the prop on the market for a little while that, you know, needed, needed that special buyer. And I also take into account the other ones that went super, super fast. Yes. You know, maybe a cash buyer, they wrote the offer right away and they closed in two weeks. So mm-hmm. 68 days is an average, which is, is pretty darn good. Yes. Land sold in February, nine pieces of land sold. Okay. Yep. Um, so we can look at average prices here. Uh, didn't have availability for median price, but average price, those 29 homes that sold, $135,000 and 700 Yeah, that sounds, sounds about right. And it is, it's, it's what we're seeing in our business mm-hmm. for sure. In 2020, February, we had 22 homes sold and no pieces of land. The average price a year ago for the homes that sold $96,800. So it's, it's almost looking like doubled. Yes. As far as median price. Or average price. Mm-hmm. So everything's on an upward trend. This is looking good. We're looking good for the springtime. Yes, it is. So not only is the market looking good for the springtime, but our projects here at the house are looking good too. So we're starting to get outside. We are. We're starting to get outside. It is been super great that the snow has left us and the little bit of snow banks that are left the lawnmower can run over and can squish a little bit more pretty much now this might not be for everybody because our lawn dries out faster than most it seemed we we had a pretty dry lawn this last week yes we did yep so we were able to get the lawnmower out and go ahead and thatch the whole entire yard so we got our first thatching in i think we need to do at least another at least one more time, maybe two more times. There's quite a difference. I know the previous owner had gone out with a hand rake and, and done it by hand, but she was on her own and getting up there in age. I'm pretty sure she didn't dig down as much as a mechanical thatcher would. And so now we're bringing out the big dogs. We got the mechanics behind us. And if there's one thing I love doing, it is thatching the lawn. I really don't mind mowing the lawn. It is very therapeutic and it is very relaxing to mow the lawn. Um, When you came into our family, that was like your thing you wanted to do. And we just let you take over. And it was, I enjoy mowing the lawn. It's very relaxing, very therapeutic and great time to spend outside. And now we can do it on a riding machine. Yes, we can. So now it's like a go-kart all all around the... uh... And it does bounce off the trees quite well, along with the lamppost, but did find out the telephone pole does not move, so cannot run over the telephone poles. Nope. That's why we got the heavy-duty lawnmower, so you could do that. Just, no, don't do that. The goal is not to hit the truck, human beings, and the house. For sure. So I really feel like everything else in the yard is up for, for game. Snow banks are, are perfect to, to run over. Just not telephone poles. They don't move very well. Nope, they don't. So one of the things we did at the end of last year was go over to our Sears hometown store and we got a Husqvarna zero turn mower. We did. That was your Christmas present. Thank you. It was very nice. And since we got it at the end of the season, we got a a pretty good deal on it, I think. Mm -hmm. And then we also got the bagger too, which I think really helped. So that way, once we were able to thatch, 
we were able to go right over the top of it and just kind of suck it all up. And that way we didn't have to rake. Although I did a little bit because it's really good exercise. It is. And at that point, we weren't sure if the pager would actually suck everything up. And it did a great job, I felt, of getting everything all picked up. So the right tool for the right job really makes it a good experience. Yes. So what else are you doing? We're doing some landscaping projects in the yard. So we really, we spend a lot of time with our kids outside in the yard. They really do enjoy coming over to the house and having a fire. That's usually their favorite thing to do on the weekends is to come over to the home and and have a fire with mom and dad. And so we were looking at the new home and going, well, we need to do a really nice fire pit area. We want to have a nice backyard oasis. We enjoy the outdoor living. We do. And summertime, we can be out there from like six in the morning to close to almost 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. So, I mean, large time to spend outside. And so one of the things that we wanted to do is to build that nice fire pit. So now that we have no snow, we're able to go out there and just kind of plot out where we want it and kind of walk it and block things off so that way we can say, okay, is this going to be big enough for us? And then put out the benches and the chairs and go, okay, do we need to make it bigger? Which we found out we did. Right. We definitely did. But then we found out that the border of rock that we wanted to have or the, the, the bricks that we wanted were actually located in our yard and that's that's going to make it really easier for us to finish that off because mm-hmm. the, the previous owner had done their landscaping and we're going to modify it a little bit. Yep. They they had the, the really nice brick that we were looking for. Um, it was unfortunately buried two inches below the ground. We found it kind of by accident. So we had to dig up this four inch block. But first we had to dig down two inches to get to it and we were able to pull it up. But we think we have enough brick to finish off what we want for our edging. And then they have all of this very nice decorative rock throughout the yard. It's a smooth river stone or whatnot. Uh, Anywhere between an inch and two and a half inches in diameter. So now we just need to pick up all the rock from all of the nine different places that it's at and pull it all into one. So that way we can have a nice rock foundation to have around the fire pit. I'm all about recycling. It's pretty, you know, pretty good use of repurposing mm-hmm. landscaping um, stone and, and de- It's always really good to be able to repurpose instead of going out and purchasing more. We should be able to complete this project at a low cost to us because we have maybe 85% of the material already here. So we just need to gather it. So on the weekends, I can always spend two hours on my phone watching a a movie. Or I can go spend two hours moving rock from point A to point F for fire pit. Exactly. And then as far as um, seating around the fire pit, I had done a video. If you know you want to catch us on the YouTube, you can see me making some benches and whatnot. So we did a couple Adirondack chairs and a couple of wooden benches as well. That way we can just leave them out there and enjoy the fire pit whenever we want. We don't have to haul furniture all over the yard. And we found that out this winter. Of We did want, you know, had, had the kids come over and we looked around, we're like, okay, now we got to find some chairs. Where did we put the chairs? Because no one remembered where they put the chairs. And so kind of came to me of my Christmas present. I want some chairs that we can just leave out at the fire pit. They can be outside all season long, all year round. And that way we have them. We don't have to move them. And poof, like magic, they were there. Just like that. It also gave me a fun wintertime project to do. It did. And then we got the raised flower beds. We still need to find the home for them. Yeah, the the planters for the garden beds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we're deciding whether they should be in a row or next to each other or adverse from each other so you can just turn around and get one planter to the other instead of having to walk down the 20 feet of planters. We'll figure it out. We will. So look forward to that on the social media for sure. Yes. And then I think we're going to move inside a little bit. Um I've got the basement to myself, but we're going to do some rearranging. We're going to do some painting and get the studio and computer and live streams set up a little bit different. And we still have the utility room to finish off. So the nice thing is everyone knows about me is I cannot sit still. 
I always have to have some sort of project going on. I need to constantly be doing something. So this is kind of nice where on nice days, I have an outside project going on on those rainy, colder days. I can come downstairs in the basement and I can continue to work on getting the rest of the flooring put in and painting the walls in the utility room. And what's great is these projects are kind of non-essential where they don't have to be all done at once. So there's always going to be something for you to continue to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just on a showing not too long ago talking with uh, younger buyers who want to get into their first home and they're handy. And so they, they want something that they can build equity in. Um, it, it's always the two options. Do you buy the house that you want and spend the more money up front for it? Or do you spend maybe the same amount of money over a couple of years to build into what you want? Right. And it's just, you know, finding that the shell of, okay, that the house we toured today, it was, you need to have some vision today. It's not a traditional home that we have been taking you in. Normally I take you into a home that's already all finished off. It's, it's got the nice clean lines. This house, she's a diamond in the rough. Definitely going to have to look at the home and go, okay, I can envision this happening in this home. And it kind of starts, you know, as soon as we walk up the front steps, it's like, okay, so you almost have to play a little bit of Chip and Joanna and go, okay, just, just imagine for me, if we just refreshed up the coat of paint here and it's going to make your first, your first steps coming into this home a whole lot better. And then, you know, yes, the bathroom is not what you're looking for, but Hey, we can move it over here and we can turn the old bathroom into a walk-in closet, make a, make a master suite on the main floor. And especially in this case, the basement was open up well enough where plumbing would be fairly easy, I would think. Yes. Even if they chose to keep the layout the same, but just refreshed the fixtures, you know, put in a, a, redo the tub and a toilet and vanity with new items and then resurface the walls and the flooring when they're in that process, which is similar to what we're looking to do as well. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to reconstruct the whole house all the time. No. And just doing those those little bit of up, upgrades, you know, looking further down the line, you know, the family explained to me what they wanted in their home, but then they also wanted to have some projects so that way they can build for a resale value. So this is a definite, it's a diamond in, in the rough. You are definitely, anything you do to this is going to add value to you, to the home as far as resale. But this is going to be a kind of a long-term investment. So you're going to need at least four or five years to make the changes that need to be done with this home to see that end result. But they're looking to stay in the house for four or five years anyway. Right. This is going to be, you know, it's we always kind of call it a little bit of puddle jumping. So they're going to stay in the home for a little while. We see, you know, a little while to us is three to five years. So in three to five years, what can I do to this home to make it a resellable and I can get my money back on this? How can I make this an investment? What can we look at doing? This home definitely has got that. And even though we see the trends of prices kind of plateauing, because I don't think they can really get any higher, any faster than the growth we saw last year for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's always an investment. We're not going to just throw the rug out from everything and depreciate all the houses by half of their current price value. It's just not going to happen. So even if you spend the five years in the house, which most people do, uh, I think the normal time between moves is five to seven. Yes. So you're going to get that value, especially if you put money into it. Mm-hmm. And then if you buy it low enough, your monthly payments are low enough. Your job you can put into a savings account when you get those paydays and then just go from there. And um, I, I referenced the window situation. It didn't have any large panes of glass for the bay window. It had individual. Um, I think we're looking at nine windows. Right. So just in the living room and then that nice little sun porch, we're looking at nine windows that needed to be replaced. But they all look to be fairly standard size that were similar to each other. Mm-hmm. So just taking a weekend and replacing three of the windows and then next weekend three more and then like you made the comment once you get one or two of them done you kind of get a 
a rhythm going. Right. You know, we just started off with, you know, Ben's mentioned, you know, do, do three or do two, start with one, see how one goes. That way you can kind of, okay, now I learned the trick on this one. And now this is not going to be too overwhelming. And next thing you know, you're putting in five windows in a weekend and you're like, wow, the window project's done. And we've had on the selling side, we've had people come up to us and say, you know, this sale really pushed us into finishing all those projects. You know, those projects we'd been putting off and thought, oh, this is going to take us so long. And it really only took us four hours to do. Yes. So the, the great motivator is seeing that, okay, I've got a, a date that it's going to be listed and things have to get done by. And quite honestly, that happened to me as well. Yes, it did. So I think I, every homeowner faces that mm-hmm. of here's my list of projects I wanted to do. Yep. I've been in the house for 11 years and now we're selling and it has to be done in three weeks. So we're going to do four months worth of projects in three weeks. And it probably didn't take you as long as you thought it would in the first place. No, it did not. I went to work and came home and poof, it was done. It was like magic. Yes. Just like I'm looking at doing a dishwasher install right now. It is installed. It just needs to be hooked up. Exactly. And it it will by the time that we sell this house. And I'm never selling this house. But eventually it will. I am really hoping by Easter, the dishwasher will be working and functional. Well, I'll get it done. You don't have to keep reminding me every six months. <laughs> is the I, joke that goes around. Pretty much. Well, and I'll, you know, I always throw out there the whole entire, well, you never told me which Easter. You just said by Easter. Exactly. Uh-huh. So let's talk about the staged, styled, and sold blog Ooh, for yes. this week. I am super ready for this. What do we got? So the, the National Association of Realtors and Melissa Dittman Tracy puts out this blog and and each week they talk about some sort of style that's uh, trendy or could be trendy. Maybe that has fallen out of the trend set as it were. This week is wall art, wallpaper accents, but in small doses. Oh yeah. That, that look that you just gave me. No, we don't like wallpaper. Do you? I'm not like 100% sold on it. So I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out how we're doing in small doses. So instead of running wallpaper on all four walls in every bedroom. Okay. Maybe using it as an accent wall. Okay. Okay. Or well, back in the eighties, we had the nice border that we put at the top of the wall or oh. on the chair rail. Oh my goodness. In the kitchen. Yeah, so, so or maybe similar, that was late late eighties, early nineties. That was early nineties. Okay. Similar theory, less gaudy. So we're starting to move back into. I don't know those birds and bird feeders and bird houses. They looked kind of cute. And the pastel colors. Um, in one of our homes, we we had it in the kitchen. It was bird houses with little birds, and it was kind of cute. I did like it. So the trends that we're seeing now. Um, say you're in a, a colonial style house, perhaps, or a Victorian, and we have many of those. Mm-hmm. Um, this might even work for a craftsman house or a bungalow, which we have a lot of those around here. Okay, that I can kind of see. So perhaps the high chair rails where the wall panel goes up about five foot or so. So you've got the extra three feet between the top of that wall panel and the crown molding. Okay. Putting wallpaper in there. But not oh. just like any old wallpaper. Think of uh, an accent sort of wallpaper as far as I'm it's got I'm thinking palm a, trees at this point. Well, it's got may, maybe shimmer. Okay. Okay, like, like a glossy. Like a sparkle. Right. Or it's a matte background with a pattern that's simple and bold, but is of a metallic finish just okay. in the pattern. So elegant styles kind of being brought back in small doses where it's not covering the whole wall, but it's used as... A significant accent. Okay. Okay, so here's another one. It might be in the bedroom where you do have one wall where the headboard of the bed is. This works better in rooms with taller ceilings, of course. Yes, I can see that. But then if it's taller ceiling, I would expect that the print would be a little bit larger. 
Exactly. So right. more like of a paisley print, but like one color. Exactly. Or they can uh, perhaps mix two colors that complement each other or are different shades of the same color. So that's also very popular. Uh, we notice to accent in small spaces, like maybe a pantry. Okay. So it kind of gets back to what you were saying of having, you know, like a fruit motif in your pantry or the kind of kitschy sort of kitchen-esque print on your uh, wallpaper. Might be kind of fun. Okay. But used in small doses is the key. Well, I do want to take, and with our stairs leading downstairs, so on that face plate, I do want to put like some sort of fun colors in there. Sure. And just leave the the stair, the step itself alone and still keep it the brown that it is. But that face plate. The riser. The right. Okay. The riser. I want it to be like in pretty colors. Sure. I don't know what I want to do. And I know that, you know, Home Depot's, everyone sells the, you know, the peel and stick tile, that fake peel and stick tile that you can have. And it's all stickers and you can cut it to the height that you need. And so I'm thinking something along that lines. And that is exactly what the block alluded to is using self-adhesive products so that you, you know, you don't have to be held to that. In a year when you want to change your mind or change the design, you can more easily pull it back and maybe get some more self-adhesive wallpaper or backsplash material. Mm -hmm. Um, We looked at like a a metal, almost like the old-fashioned metal ceiling tiles. Yep. We looked at doing like a, a copper or a tin. Mm-hmm. And they have plasticized versions that look like it, but it's less expensive and self-adhesive as well. Right. So, I mean, I, I've kind of looked at that. I haven't like gauged how much I would need to go and get because I found two that I really like, but I'm just kind of waiting to see kind of your reaction or I'm just waiting for you to go away for a weekend so that way I can just play with the stairs and come back and poof, it's done and it looks kind of cute. Well, it's part of our basement remodel. It is. I'm sure we'll figure it out. Yeah. So the other thing that they talk about is trends being hot or not. Painting of home offices. We all know. Are we in a closet still? No, we moved out of the closet into a different portion of the house. But in your office space, paint is really becoming a a big thing. Mm -hmm. So, having an all-white office, do you think that's hot or not? I'm going with not. Correct. That's kind of the consensus now in this um, style portion of our modern times. Having an office with maybe uh, red colors, red tones, if you're really needing to have a focused, detailed job. That way it keeps the mind excited and keeps you invested in your your job task. Okay. Um, They also suggest maybe blues and greens if you're more of a creative job. All right. So now I know personally, it's nice having Codal Banker colors being blue and white and black because I like black. Yes, you do. And our navy blue really goes well with everything. And it, you know, helps with the creative part too. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we found being agents is that we have to get really creative with many of our uh, situations, many of our offer to purchases something comes up and we have to find a creative solution for it. Yep. Um, I'm looking here in the basement to redo my studio area and it's going to be black. Yes, it is. Because photography and stuff like that. So my office is not going to fall within this. Maybe I'll choose a, a dark blue instead. Like, like a midnight blue. What do you think? Well, let's go get some paint samples and uh, put them up on the wall and just kind of see how it, how it looks first before... We paint everything. Okay. I suppose we can. Now we talk about living rooms. Okay. Hot or not for beige living rooms. Okay. I'm going to go with yes. That one is good. That is. It's hot again. Uh, Wanting to get back into nice neutral tones. Mm -hmm. Um, In the main living areas, we, we had a trend not too long ago of really trying to jam up the colors. So, you know, purples and crazy yellows and stuff like that. 
that were a little bit over the top, people are starting to really tone those down. I can see that. I think it's because we're spending more time in our house. We are. The, uh, the beige from the 1990s. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Things that were once are now again. Well, in our old house, our living room was, the color was called ponytail. Right. So it was that nice creamy beige yet too on top of it. And I think we did one shade or two shades darker on an accent wall. Correct. Yet too, just mm -hmm. to kind of break that up just a little bit. I mean, you wouldn't have to stare at the wall to figure out that the four walls were not the same color. But they were close. They were very, they were very close. close. One of the tips they give is to mix the beige with accents of white and cream and gray tones even. Okay. So if you have a beige wall having your accents in your, your fabric and your cushions... Being more of the, the other neutral tones. Kind of give it like that beach feel to it. Right. The, the cottage on the beach. Um, seashells are optional. Okay. So are the palm trees. So now, you know, you see how we're tying in with the wallpaper accents, nice big palm trees, and we can do the seashells on the coffee table. I can see that. And if you remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about wicker furniture coming into the house. Yes. See, it's all coming around. It's all coming together. So local events and activities. I noticed the Chamber of Commerce is really ramping up their schedule. They're, we're, we're doing far more events on the schedule this year than we did last. Right. On the 27th, they are going to be down in Nakusa for the... I don't, I cannot remember what the official name is, but I've been calling it the Hippity Hoppity Bunny Run. It's pretty, something pretty along much. that. Okay. Well, I'm going to call it the downtown <laughs> Nakusa Easter event. Um, so over at Riverside Park, they are going to be having pictures with Peter Cottontail. They'll be handing out the candied eggs with a chance for, to win a bike. So we, they do this every single year. So that'll be on the 27th. Then I believe at 9.30 or 10 o'clock in the morning, they have the bunny run. So we start over at Goodfellow Pizzas. We head down the river and we turn around kind of by switched, maybe a little bit before, and come on back to Goodfellows. So a great opportunity to come down, visit Peter Cottontail. If you're into running or walking, come do that event. And they'll be down there, I believe, until 3.30. So come early, stay late. And have a great time in Nakusa. The Heart of Wisconsin Bunny Run 5K Run Walk. Okay, so I'm adding a few. I got the hippity hoppity in there. It's, it's, it's pretty It's, it's pretty, pretty close. hopping. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Saturday, March 21st. 27th? 27th. 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 But it should be a Saturday. We're not confusing anybody. It's 27th. 27th. Uh, looks like. 10 a.m. is registration, like you said. All right. Excellent. I know you run shortly after that and start at Goodfellow Pizzas. Mm -hmm. If you're not sure where that is, if you're familiar with Nakusa, it is the old Nakusa library. Okay. So if you, yeah. if you remember back in the day, the Nakusa library where that was located, it would be right there. Address is 225 First Street North. And definitely stay for some pizza afterwards. Goodfellas Pizza, fabulous. I really do enjoy their pizzas. And I believe it's still cooked in, in a wood oven, if I remember right. That's fantastic. I know. Okay, now I'm hungry for pizza. I, I know. So we've been talking about food this episode way too much. Way too much. So a couple other highlights that I've heard about. The, uh, the Aquatic Center. They're opening up this year again. Yes, they are. June 7th. Yes. And they're going to limit capacity to 600 occupants. Excellent. That's a really, a really great number. I know they, uh, the limited opening that we had last year, which time frame just, it, it happened to just be horrible with, you know, the pandemic and opening up that first year and trying to figure out everything right away. But it was a nice, soft opening. It was a great season to to open up just to kind of see how the facilities worked and where everything is at. So, I mean, it was really great that we opened. I know that I believe Wausau did not open up their their pools. We did. So, I mean, that was, was really great. And I believe we did finally get our rock climbing wall 
in. I knew that was on back order because it did need to come from New York and they were still shut down. So I do believe that the rock wall did get installed near the end of the season. I believe so. And rumors are going around. Word is starting to spread that they might be changing the name and they may be putting it out to community interest. Ooh. So we might get a chance to rename the Aquatic Center to something else. I, I'm not sure. That's kind of just, you know, in the rumor side of things, but that's still pretty exciting. Yes, it is. And it's, it's really neat that even at 600 occupants, that's still quite a, that's quite a still few. still quite a bit. I think uh, last year they were capping it at 300. I believe it was either 250, 275. It was, it was in that, that area. Right. So this allows us to, again, keep it open to all the area and really get, you know, the community back involved with it and an option for what to do during the summertime. Exactly. Um, I'm pretty sure the splash pads are going to open up as normal. Yes. So Nakusa has one. Nakusa has one. Um, Rome has one. Mm-hmm. And then Rapids has two. So mm-hmm. we have one on the east side and we have one on the west side. So going to be a very active summer. I'm excited for that. Yes. Um, a couple other quick community events from the chamber. It looks like on the 31st of March, uh, 7.30 a.m. is going to be coffee with the chamber. Ooh, excellent. So right away in the morning. They're doing it still virtual with um, grab a coffee, join us on Zoom. Excellent. And all I got to do is just go to their website, register for the event, and they'll send you the link. Mm-hmm. They've made it super easy. WisconsinRapidsChamber.com. Excellent. So now is the time in the show where I throw out all of the website links. So if you guys need more information in the community, go to MyRapids.info. If you want more information about the homes that are for sale, or if you want to send an inquiry to get us out and do a market analysis and sell your home, Head over to MyRapids.com. Shoot that over to MyRapidsRadio at gmail.com. All right. Sounds good. So along with community events, um, I, I know since we love to do so much yard work, where do we put all of our yard work stuff? Well, right now we're just putting it in a gigantic pile. Until the compost site opens up? Wisconsin Rapids has two. Okay. One on the east um, next to Home Depot and the water tower, the BMX track. Okay. And then one on the west side as well, right? Yes. And that one's kind of tucked away on 17th and close to, is it F over there, County Road F, or is it H? Uh, It's County Road F. Okay. Uh, It's essentially on the backside of the landfill. Okay. But if you go down 17th past the highway department, there it's just down the way a little bit okay uh, the east side is open mostly just the summer so probably opening like may memorial weekend a little bit beforehand a little bit before okay so we can head over to wirapids.org and over in their streets department you can check out the uh, yard and brush and compost sites oh excellent so I've got a couple more months before I can go start taking some of our stuff over that way. Not as long as you might think. Uh, the website, well, first of all, they redid some of their website. So when you go there, it looks a little bit different than it did a few months ago. Okay. So pretty easy to navigate still. Excellent. I like easy. The uh, compost site hours. East side is tentatively opening April 15th. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So Monday and Wednesdays from noon to 7. Saturday, 8 a.m. till 5. Excellent. So the west side is tentatively opening April 14th, so about the same time. Okay. To uh, public use for the longer duration. So the, um, the wintertime hours are really just during the day and usually just for contractors. But now for the, uh, the spring and summer, they're going to be open Tuesday and Thursday, 7.30 a.m. till 7 p.m., Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 7 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., and Saturday, 8 a.m. to 5. Excellent. So there's a bigger facility over on the west side. Yes. And there, there's more draw to uh, use that site as well. And we take our yard waste there, so that's also 
or it can be um, culinary foodstuffs as far as the green vegetables, uh, scrapings, and you know when you peel your carrots and potatoes mm-hmm. and whatnot. There's a name for it. I forget what it's called. The, those food scraps. Um, so that can be taken there as well as garden waste. So the, the flowers at the end of the season or plants, uh, lawn clippings, certainly. And I know it's always a very dangerous thing for me to go do is to take the yard waste over well, to the, the recycling center. It, it's not dangerous to take it there. It's, it's dangerous to, you like to bring stuff back. I do. I do. So at our last house, I volunteered or I got voluntold. I'm not sure how it happened, but took all of the yard waste over. And again, we just used the plastic bins, you know, so they're the 18 gallon plastic bins. I had nine of them in my truck. And so I took them all over there. And I just happened to be there as someone got rid of all of their hosta plants in their yard. They just dug up their whole entire yard, took the plants over there. So I brought back nine plastic totes full of plants. So they came home with me. And I think that was the last time I was allowed to go alone because I will slowly drive by, just kind of see what people have left behind. And it's a great spot. I mean, you know, let's repurpose, let's recycle some of these things. And and, and really it is a, an easy way to, if you know how to do the green thumb thing, and if you know how to get those plants going again, you might as well. Right. You know, someone else didn't want them, obviously. So if you have a chance to give them a good home, sure, go for it. So yeah, I, I bring home plants from there. So... I've been been told every single time I do the, can I take it? I usually get the no, you can stay home because I usually come back with stuff. Well, we're looking forward to a good spring. I think this year is going to be very active in our life, at our home and in the market for sure. I know I'm looking forward to the recycling center. I keep calling it the recycling center, but it's a compost site. I'm looking forward to that opening up so that way we can go get some dirt. And we can fill those flower beds and we can start some gardening again this year. And having that, that opportunity to get the fingers all dirty is super exciting for me. Well, that's about it for this week. So if anyone's looking to list their house for sale, or if you're curious about buying, go ahead and give us a call. Head over to myrapids.com. And Carrie, how else can they get a hold of you? Telephone number, maybe? They can call 715-323-2577. You can also text me at that number too. It's very text friendly. So if you need to just send a text of, hey, just want to have a conversation, let me know and we'd be happy to sit down and talk about things. Well, you guys have a great Central Wisconsin Day and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.